Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Sober Radio right here on WCGO Radio, AM 1590 and FM 95.9. I'm delighted to have you joining me this morning, and I hope your weekend uh, is off to a great start or you're fully enjoying it. The holiday time is a great time of the year for me, and I know a lot of people that are in recovery or thinking about recovery sometimes have a difficult time around the holiday season. There are a lot of parties, social events, gatherings with friends and family, and it's a difficult time sometimes. A lot of us uh, can be alone at Christmas and New Year's. Uh, A lot of times Christmas and New Year's invokes a lot of memories of past holidays and parties where, you know, we drank too much and did things that we wish we hadn't done. And uh, it's a great time of the year for me to reflect on the things that I've been blessed with, the chief one being sobriety. Uh, That is always at the forefront of my day, every day. Every morning I always try to reflect on how I did yesterday, uh, what things I can do today to improve upon my actions and reactions, and uh, to try to be a little bit better today than I was yesterday. One of the things I'd like to talk about this morning are... Uh, how we get better. I'd been told very early on in my recovery uh, at a point where I was wrestling with self-esteem. You know, I, I came into recovery with a gigantic ego and very low self-esteem, and that's a tough place to live because you want to be in control of everything, or I did, And I thought I knew better how to do everything than anybody. That's ego. And I always wanted to have it done my way. That's ego. I always wanted to exert my ideas over everyone else because they were better. That's ego. But at the same time, I had such low self-esteem, which is a place that alcohol put me into, that I hated myself, I had no confidence in myself. So when you think about those polar opposites, my ego pulling me in one direction and my low self-esteem pulling me in another, it's a difficult and very confusing place to live. So one of the questions that I asked early on in recovery to a gentleman after a meeting was, how do I get my self-esteem back? And his answer was simple and quick. He looked at me and smiled and said, well, you do esteemable things. And that was a notion that hadn't really occurred to me until that moment when he told me that. And I thought, well, that makes sense. I try to be a little better today, a little nicer. I don't know that. I try to be a little better today, a little bit nicer, a little more forgiving, a little more accepting, more tolerant, more patient. And those were 
habits that I'd long ago forgotten. So from that moment on, I started to think about how I act, how I react, and how I could do a better job of being a nicer person to actually do the things that I said I was going to do. To be at someone's house when I told them I'd be there. To begin to hold myself accountable. To be able to be relied upon again. To regain trust amongst friends and family members. And that was a very long and slow, gradual, but progressive process of rebuilding my self-esteem. And slowly I began to take pride in things that normal people just do. I would actually, you know, tell somebody that I would do something, and then I would do it, and I'd think, wow, what a good boy am I. And that, I think, is a very normal process to go through when we begin to take corrective actions on our behavior. Because, you know, alcohol put me in a place where I would allow myself to not do things that I had committed to because I was doing something that I wanted to do, which was sitting and drinking. And, you know, particularly at holiday time, I look back on past Christmases and past New Year's. I remember in Christmas of 2007, the year that I got sober, that was the first sober holiday I had experienced. And it was an awesome feeling to wake up on Christmas morning, not be hungover, remember Christmas Eve, and not have to worry about making amends and apologies and empty promises that I won't do that again. And to enjoy Christmas sober. It was a phenomenal feeling. And my first New Year's spent sober was the same way. I think my wife and I watched a movie and had snacks and talked. We danced on New Year's Eve. And I remember that. And that's an awesome thing to be able to do. When there are children involved, you know, it's important to be around to be able to engage with them, to participate in their joy during the holiday time to do simple things like make your granddaughter hot chocolate and to take joy in watching the joy on young faces, the excitement. These were all things that I had missed over the years because of alcohol. Some of us are alone at Christmas. I'm blessed to be able to be with my family, people I love and cherish and want to spend more time with. But I know a lot of people, particularly early in recovery, are alone at Christmas time because their families don't yet trust having them around, so they're not invited. 
And that's a difficult process to go through. What I encourage people to do who are early in recovery and are worrying about being alone on Christmas or New Year's is to go to meetings. Most of the AA groups that I've been involved in uh, have around-the-clock meetings. They call them alkathons. And there are meetings every hour. And that's particularly for those that are kind of white-knuckling it yet and need that continual support during a difficult time to stay sober. And that's okay. That's why they're there. One of the things that I wrestled with early on was reliance upon meetings in order to stay sober. But I found that oftentimes by going to a meeting, even though I was early in recovery, two weeks or a month or five months, and there would be people at meetings that might have been sober for 10 years or 30 years, but there were also those who had been sober for a day or a week. They had less sober time than I had. And they were looking to me and others who would walk before them for guidance on how to get through things without drinking or taking drugs. So I began to learn that regardless of the time I had in sobriety, my attendance at these meetings was helpful to other men and women. And one of the core foundations of sobriety for me, and I know for a lot of people that I've been associated with, is the best way for us to stay, to stay sober is to help other alcoholics to stay sober. When the co-founder of AA, Bill Wilson, tried for months to stay sober by helping other drunks, he complained to his wife, Lois, one night that this wasn't working. He hadn't been able to help anybody stay sober. And his wife looked at him and said, yes, Bill, but you've stayed sober. By trying to help other alcoholics, you have stayed sober. And that became one of the foundations of the Alcoholics Anonymous program is that we help other alcoholics, and by doing that, it tends to get us out of self and make us focus on other people, and we forget about our own woes. We forget about our lot. And for me, that's been one of the driving foundations for me to be able to maintain my sobriety. I don't think about it much anymore. I've been sober for over 12 years, but every morning I remind myself that I'm an alcoholic and there are things I must do during the course of every day to maintain my sobriety. And the first and foremost thing is to remind myself that I'm an alcoholic. I'm different. I think differently. I have a tendency to act differently if I allow myself to run rampant. 
So every morning I remind myself of the founding principles of my recovery, my sobriety, which is to try to be a little better today. I take a quiet time and I think about what I did yesterday, what I didn't do very well, cases where I wasn't nice or I was short or rude or curt or said something that was mean or unkind. And I try to take corrective measures today. One of the guiding principles of AA and my recovery is that we practice progress, not perfection. We'll never be perfect, and I've accepted that. That was one of the driving ego forces when I was running like a madman out there, is that I wanted to be perfect. I wanted everyone to think I am just perfect. And when I got sober, I learned that I'm just a human being. I'm fallible. I make mistakes. I say the wrong things sometimes. I do the wrong things sometimes. I act badly. I get mad. I lose my temper. But I've learned over the years that while those are normal actions and reactions, I can be better at how I display those actions and reactions. I think a little bit before I just spout off. I've learned that I cannot control any person, any place, or anything. The only thing that I can control is my actions and reactions to those people, places, and things around me. I have no control over any of you listening, and that's okay. I didn't used to feel that way. I wanted to be able to control you. But I've accepted that I cannot and should not. And all I can do is control how I act and react to everything swirling around me. And in order to do that, I think about the things that I have learned in the thousands of meetings, the meditation I've done, the reading, the thinking, the getting-to-know-myself process, as a sober man, I've learned how to try to be a little bit better. So I practice that every day. I always take the holiday time to be grateful for having been taught how to try to be better. And while I miss the mark sometimes... I'm happy with that progress. It makes me feel better. It's improved my self-esteem. When I came into the recovery program, I hated myself. And I didn't know why. And I didn't really acknowledge that. But when I began to peel back the layers of the onion that was me, that had become me, I learned that I was afraid, I was alone, I was scared, I was angry. And those things had eroded my spirit. 
And through the initial phases of recovery, when I was able to put together an entire 24-hour period, 24 hours, without having had a drink, I was astounded that I could do that. And after a week, I thought, my God, it's been seven days, seven 24-hour periods that I have not had the urge to have a drink. And then it was 30 days. And through that process, as I began to know, to get to know myself, what I really liked, what I really wanted, what I really wanted to do, how I really wanted to feel, as I began that process, I began to experience an astounding resurrection of my spirit that I'm going to tell you about in a minute. We're going to take a quick time out, and when I come back, I'm going to tell you about that resurrection that I felt and what I've seen others go through. So stay tuned. You're listening to Sober Radio. My name is Chuck Duncan. We're on WCGO Radio, AM 1590, FM 95.9. Stay tuned. We'll be right back right after this. everybody. My name's Chuck Duncan. You're listening to Sober Radio on WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk, AM 1590, FM 95.9. And I'm delighted that you've tuned in this morning. Before the break, I was talking about a resurrection that I went through as I began to know myself. One of the things that we go through in recovery is the process of finding out who we really are, because alcohol had numbed my spirit, my soul, my brain. It had numbed my curiosity. I stopped growing. I stopped learning, because eventually all I wanted to do was be left alone and drink. So when I got into recovery, I met some incredible men who became my Sherpas, my guides, my mentors, my teachers. And they taught me how to get to know myself. They, like I, hated themselves when they got into recovery. And they explained the process that they went through, the phenomenon that they experienced, the resurrection, if you will, And I began to experience the same thing. As I mentioned earlier, I'd grown to the point where I absolutely hated myself for what I had become. Just a simple garden variety drunk. I couldn't go an hour without drinking or wanting a drink or thinking about a drink. 
and then I got drunk, and then I'd behave like a drunk. And I hated that, and I hated me. But as I began to experience some recovery time, again, 24 hours, 7 days, 30 days, 6 months, I went through this progression of I hate myself to I don't mind myself so much to, you know what, you're not such a bad guy to, you know what, you're a pretty good guy to you're actually a a really nice guy. And then I became to the point where I learned to love myself for who I was. I accepted myself. And as I went through that progression, that metamorphosis, that resurrection of spirit and soul, the world changed. My world changed. People began to accept what I told them. I had to hold myself to the truth. One of the features of a good drunk is pretty much constant lying about anything and everything, even when the truth would do. So people had gotten to the point where they didn't believe a word I said. It was all BS. Because I was trying to make myself appear to be better, normaler, more capable. When in reality, I was scared to death that I was none of those things. It was like living in a Hollywood set. Looked beautiful from the outside. But when you walk behind the wall... It's all propped up with two-by-fours and tarps. That's what it felt like. But as I began to love myself or learn how to love myself, I learned how to love others at a very pure, simple, basic level. My expectations changed. I stopped becoming judgmental. I stopped looking at people, wondering why they look that way or why they do the things they do. And as I began to accept that I can't control any of that, I stopped wanting to control all of that. I just wanted to accept the world as it was and try to become a better participant in it. And that made me like myself better. It taught me how to love myself. It taught me how to appreciate looking out the window and seeing a beautiful blue sky and just enjoying that. I've come to the realization in recovery that there were so many years of my life spent so frantic in the journey to get from point A to point B to whatever measures or marks of success I had set for myself. I was so busy getting there that I never took the time to stop and enjoy the journey. Life was frantic. And that made me unhappy, but I didn't know it. In peeling back that onion of me, I began to, to learn that. I began to realize 
I need to slow down. I need to stop throughout the day and appreciate what's going on around me. As a result, my days are much more peaceful. I work hard. I do a lot of things during the course of the day. And I work hard at it. But I always take time periodically throughout each day to stop, look out the window, or walk outside, look at a bird, see a squirrel running up a tree, and appreciate the simplicity of all of the things swirling around me. I've come to appreciate the differences in people. I've come to like surprises. I used to hate surprises because they were typically bad. I, I laugh in meetings that when I began to make amends to people for my past behavior, I'd been told that an amends is not a promise that you won't do things that you used to do. An amends is a sincere explanation for what we're going through. And I began to not feel shamed by going to someone and saying, listen, I wanted to tell you, A, that I'm very sorry for having acted the way that I did and treating you the way that I did or saying the things that I said to you or not paying your money back to you. But I'm an alcoholic and I'm in recovery and I'm trying to get better, trying to learn how to live normally, trying to learn how to hold myself accountable. And I just wanted you to understand that. You don't need to accept that. You don't need to tell me you accept my apology. That's not what an amends is about. An amends is about explaining why my behavior was as it was and that I'm trying to get better. So at the holiday time, particularly beginning with Thanksgiving, I take extra special care to be grateful for the blessings that I have. A house, a beautiful wife, a loving family, a job, income, a car that gets me from point A to point B. Friends, the ability to enjoy the beautiful things that go on during the course of every day, like a snowflake, or a blue sky, or a rainstorm, or a bird, or a dog running down the street, tail wagging happy. These were the things that I never took the time to stop and enjoy before. And I am so grateful that today, I get to experience those things at a very basic, primal, joyful level. And that's all a result of getting sober. And I can't encourage any or all of you out there listening that if you've experienced any of these things that I have as a result of 
alcohol or drug abuse or addiction. It is never, ever too late to tell yourself, I've had enough. I don't need to treat myself this way anymore. I'm tired of living this way. Most alcoholics get to that point where they're tired of living that way, they're tired of feeling that way, but they're afraid to finish the sentence, which is, and I need to get help. I cannot do this by myself. Because if you're like me, hell, I spent five years, the last five years of my active drinking, I spent every one of those days telling myself, I'm done. This is it. I'm not doing this anymore. No more drinking. I quit. Every morning, as I would come to and begin to think about the events of yesterday, those that I could piece together, I'd say, that's it. Man, I'm done. This is killing me. And I'd quit. And I'd feel so good. I'd feel better than I did when I made that commitment yesterday. Because today, I mean it. Today is really going to be different. And I'd feel great. I'd feel an immense pressure relief. I'd feel like I have finally turned a corner. And two or three hours later, that obsession would start knocking on the side of my head saying, hey, you've done it. You've quit. Way to go. Let's have a drink. Let's just have one. Just to prove that you can just have one. And then you're really done. And I would finally give in and say, you know what? You're right. Let's have one just to prove that we're done. And I'd have one. And I'd think, this is going really well. I am, I've quit. I feel very different today. Let's have another. And I'd have that second drink. And it was deja vu. Groundhog Day. And I'd do the same thing the next day and the next. I could never complete the sentence of, I'm done. I'm not going to treat myself this way anymore. I can't do it anymore. And I need help. I could never complete that sentence until May 21st of 2007. I realized that I could never do this myself. I needed help. Then I went to an AA meeting. And I tried to not be there. I was scared to death. And I was scared on two fronts. I was scared to death that this wouldn't work. And I kind of knew from things I'd looked into, that if AA doesn't work, you're done. You're screwed. There's nothing after that. But I was just as afraid that it would work because I had a sneaky suspicion that if it worked, it meant that I would not be able to drink again. 
and I did not know how to do that. I did not know how to live a day without alcohol. And I didn't know how other people did it. I didn't know how people could be at a cocktail party and have a cocktail, like two or three drinks out of it, and then put it down and be done. I'd look at that half-empty drink and go, what the hell are you doing? There's still booze left in that glass. You don't put that down. You don't quit. You don't stop there. You finish it. It was unfathomable unfathomable to me. But when I walked into my first meeting, they knew that I was the new guy. And every one of them knew exactly how I was feeling because they had felt the exact same way. They had gone through the same five-year or one-year or ten-year or three-month period of waking up every day wanting to stop this. Every single one of them had gone through the exact same thing. And if you're listening and you know exactly what I'm talking about, all you have to do is say three simple words. I need help. And go get help. It's free. It's easy. It's painless. It's a little scary because your disease is going to tell you, no, no, we can do this. We can do this on our own. Don't go in there. Don't ask people for help. If you want to see an interesting dynamic, the disease in full force and effect, watch the movie Mr. Brooks. It stars Kevin Costner who plays a hitman. But his addiction to assassination was the same as an addiction to alcohol. And he, used to, he went to AA meetings to try to curb his addiction to assassinate. William Hurt plays his disease and he's constantly in the back seat of Kevin Costner's car telling him, all right, this is the last one. Just do this job, and then we're done. And it was amazing for me to watch William Hurt as the disease, the counter-ego, the alter-ego, the counter-personality, convincing the afflicted just one more. And that's how my disease spoke to me. Just have one more drink, then we'll go. Then you're done. But there was never just one more. Uh, it was not hard during my first holiday to be sober. I was, at that point, seven months sober. And I was so joyful to know that I didn't have to drink to survive or to get through or to endure something, that it made it even happier. But if you're alone, you know, the mind can play funny things. The, the disease can convince us to do things that we know we don't want to do. 
and should not do. And the only way that I've found that's effective enough to counter that is to be with other alcoholics. Go to an AA group. If you don't know where to go, uh, the one I go to is called Stillwaters. It's in Barrington. It's in a little industrial park. And during Christmas and New Year's, they have Alcathons, which is a meeting every hour starting at 6 a.m. and they end at midnight. And they have food and donuts and coffee. And you can go hang out. And I promise you that by doing that, you will not drink. There's nothing better than being with other alcoholics to not drink. We're going to take another break, and when I come back, we're going to wrap things up and talk a little more about how to get through the holiday season in a happy and joyous state. You're listening to Sober Radio. My name's Chuck Duncan. Wishing you all a very happy holiday season. You're tuned into WCGO Radio, Chicago Smart Talk, AM 1590, FM 95.9. I'll be back here in just a minute. Welcome back, everybody. My name's Chuck Duncan. You're listening to Sober Radio on WCGO, AM 1590, FM 95.9. You may also be listening through the Smart Talk Radio Network somewhere out there across the U.S. And if you are, I thank you for tuning in. And I hope you're getting some helpful information about what life is like sober. If you or someone you know struggles with alcohol or drug addiction, you need to know that there's a way out. Whether it's you that needs help or someone you know and love that needs help, there are a lot of people out there willing to help for free. And if you don't know how to find that help, give me a call. My number is 847-292-2721. 847-292-2721. Give me a call, and I'll be happy to tell you where to go to get help for free. You don't need to go to a recovery center. You can. But there are a lot of men and women, millions of them, who have gotten sober, learned how to live sober, how to live a happy, joyous, free life without alcohol just by doing a few simple things. You don't have to join a cult. You don't have to convert yourself from anything to anything. You just have to be with other drunks, be with other alcoholics, and they'll walk you through it because they've walked in your shoes just like I have. I hope that you can enjoy this holiday season. 
There's always a lot of merriment around. There's always a lot of alcohol around. I don't think about that anymore. I haven't thought about having a drink for years. Haven't felt the need since actually May 21st of 2007. Haven't thought about it. I've had dreams about it, but I haven't consciously thought about, I don't know what to do, I think I need to have a drink. Haven't felt that way for a long time, and it's a great feeling, it's liberating. I don't feel chained and shackled. And I always feel that joy during the holiday season. I love the sparkle of different colored Christmas lights as I drive through neighborhoods. I love walking into my home and seeing a Christmas tree and knowing that I'm okay. I've got warts, I've got flaws, but I'm okay with all of that. I love the people around me. I know that they love me. And it makes me feel great, makes me feel whole, makes me feel like a human being. And I hope that all of you can experience that same feeling either this holiday season or next holiday season. The most important thing I'm trying to convey is that if you or someone you know cannot get through the day or the week without drinking, there's a way out of that. I'm not selling anything. Well, I guess I am. I'm selling the idea of happiness, peace, calm. And I'll tell you, before I got into recovery, somebody had told me, why do you keep doing this? Why do you treat yourself like this? In one hand, you could be happy, content, at peace, free from the shackles of everything that's got you locked up, free from your agony and regrets and resentments and fears and anger. You can be free of all of that. Or, in the other hand, you can continue to drink and kill yourself and be alone, angry, sad, empty, unfulfilled, And I would honestly look at my hands and kind of balance those things and go, "Ah, I don't know. You know, the one one side, the freedom side, means no alcohol. And I don't know about that. The other side, I'm living there now. I've got that pain, that agony. And, you know, most of the time it's not so bad. Alcohol quiets that down. But when I stop taking alcohol... It all comes back. So I had to have alcohol to numb that. And I finally made the decision that, you know what? I want what's in the other hand. I want the peace and the calm. I at least want to try to experience that. I'll go and see if what they're selling is really there. And I'm here to tell you, I'm here to sell you the fact that it's there. And it doesn't cost a thing. It takes your commitment, your honesty. And if you can give up those two things, if you can learn how to start telling the truth, 
you'll experience a life that you probably don't feel you're entitled to live. I know I didn't. I didn't think I was allowed to be happy because of all the misdeeds I had done. I didn't think I was allowed to experience peace because of all the havoc I'd created. I thought, okay, God's getting even with me. I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in anything. Didn't need anything. Give me a bottle of Jack Daniels and I'm just fine. That's all I need. That's what I'm selling. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to live that way anymore, nor does someone you love or care about. Help is a phone call away. You can look it up wherever you are. Just Google AA meetings near me and go. Don't be afraid to step across the threshold because an entirely new world is going to open up to you. And uh, you'll come to learn that it's a world that you do deserve. Everybody deserves happiness and peace and contentment. And uh, you do too. So this holiday season, I wish you all of that. Happiness, peace, joy, love with your friends and family. And if you're going to be alone, go hang out with some other alcoholics. Celebrate Christmas and New Year's with them. You'll feel better. And you'll be amazed at the things that happen. During uh, the first Super Bowl that I was sober, I had a little get-together at my house at my wife's suggestion. She had begun to notice significant changes in me. She knew I was trying every hour to get better, to react more appropriately, and to act better. And she said, why don't you have some of your friends from AA over? So I did. I had five or six guys over, and we sat and watched the Super Bowl. We laughed. She made sandwiches. We had all kinds of soda pop and iced tea and soft drinks, and we had an absolute blast. And I went up at halftime to reload the chip bowl, and she came over and gave me a big hug. And she said, I have never heard so much laughter and just silly glee coming from a group of men with no alcohol. And I realized at that moment that I was happier at that time than I had ever been because I was free. And you can be too. I promise you that. And as I said earlier, if you don't know how to do it, I'm happy to take your call, 847-292-2721. And with that, I wish you all a wonderful holiday season, a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, a blessed 2020. I wish you peace, happiness, joy, contentment. That's it for me. My name's Chuck Duncan. You're listening to Sober Radio. 
on WCGO Chicago Smart Talk, AM 1590, FM 95.9, and across the nation on the Smart Talk radio network. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you.